Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who I'm sure is better than Arn Anderson at something, Derek Halpin. I tell you for sure, the one thing I'm not better than Arn Anderson at is the spine buster, because oh. it seems to be a pretty universal opinion in the wrestling community that Arn Anderson has the best spine buster in history. What do you think you are better than him at, though? There's something. There's something for sure. There's probably a lot of things I'm better at than Arn Anderson. Well, brag a little. Tell us what you think you're probably better than Arn at. Pokemon? Like the game or the cards? Both. Yeah? I bet he Video suck. games. You hear that, Arn? Derek says you suck at Pokemon. What are you going to do about yeah. it? Uh, I bet you... I bet you a lot of money that even though I don't DVR a lot of shit, I bet you I'm better operating a DVR device. <laughs> like, I bet you I'm good at setting up uh, electronics in your household. I bet you can check your email faster. Oh, goddamn right I can. Sorry, why this came up is uh, today that face app thing. Everybody's posting pictures of themselves as old people. And I saw yeah. somebody put just put Arn Anderson through the uh, face app. And it was just a regular picture of Arn Anderson. It just pumped, pumped him out the exact same. Dude's 40 forever. 40 for yeah. life. It's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it just sucked when he was 20. <laughs> <laughs> right, but he doesn't have to worry about there being like a downward spiral, at least. Yeah, no, like he's... You are, you are what you are. Yeah, he, he is that. And, hey, I like Arn Anderson. I'm just saying... The guy. Do looked... you really like Arn Anderson? Do you have like a strong opinion of Arn Anderson? <laughs> this was a. I'm calling you on your shit. Because um, when you say when you say I like Arn Anderson, I want to go really. What's your favorite Arn Anderson match? <laughs> you don't have one. Yeah, you you uh you knew what I said was bullshit, and you called me on it. Do I? I don't know. I remember enjoying Arn Anderson in WCW. I guess. I guess the I guess says a lot because to me when I, I see I haven't like seen many Arne Anderson matches. I've seen a couple from, you know, right before I started watching WCW. But I'm the thing I mainly remember him for is the promo that he cut when he left the Four Horsemen and let Kurt Henning take his spot. And then the NWO parodied that promo the next week. <laughs> and that was controversial. <laughs> And uh, was it controversial because you don't make fun of Arn? It was controversial because supposedly, depending upon whose side of the story you hear, I think the wives of the four horsemen thought that the NWO made them look like a bunch of drunk boobs was the way Kevin Nash put it. <laughs> and uh, the wives were kind of embarrassed, especially Arn's wife. And so they didn't like it. So they put some heat on the husbands and then the husbands were like, ah, shit, the wives, the wives are dogging us. And so then they got mad at, mad at the other boys and we got ourselves an old fashioned locker room heat fest. Oh, we didn't get to finish that story in the, see, that's the story I want now. If Janela were running a promotion himself, I feel like we would see Arn Anderson versus Kevin Nash and a don't talk about my wife match. Is that going to be like the main event after the Rock and Roll Express? Oh, yeah. I might actually be seeing that this weekend at a Wombat in Tullahoma, Tennessee. You're going to go see another one of those. I'm seeing uh, Superstar Bill Dundee versus Joey Janela, my friend. I feel like you are an adventurer 
and your goal when you leave to go see wrestling shows now is just to go see oddities and not the oddities. I mean, oddballs, participants, match types, promotions. Like, you seek out the weird. At this point, I think that's kind of, I want to see some shit I haven't seen before. And that's how I wound up at my first GCW deathmatch event. Hey. Was that you just, I'm not yelling at you. It was, it was a hell of an experience and we're going to get to do that again relatively soon. But, uh, th- that's becoming your thing. You like that pop music. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> you go to a new movie basically every day, regardless of whether it's getting good reviews or not. I'll be the judge of that, that, you know, and yeah. then, you know, don't tell me and, what to do. And, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying this no, is who you are. That I was think. general to the world. Don't tell me what to oh, do. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can and tell you me what to do. look for want. weird wrestling. You like weird pro wrestling. And one of the things that needs to happen is we need to get some goddamn suggestions from our listeners on some matches that we can watch for a watch along. And preferably, the weirder the better. I'm getting a little worked up over this, if you can't tell. I'm really ready to do another one myself. Do you want to just do a block of weird matches? Absolutely. But we need suggestions because they're supposed to be feedback. Can like I? People are, <laughs> people are downloading this podcast. We can see that you're downloading. We know that you're listening. You're listening all over the world at this point. We know that you know some fucked up pro wrestling matches. We know you've been on YouTube at 2 a.m. looking up old ECW shit. Send that stuff our way. It sounds like play. we should do it for the, uh, I got, I was getting messages from Queen of the Ring and Chris from the Curtain Jerks over the weekend asking if I had watched GCW's pay-per-view over the weekend. It was a tribute to Homicide, and the main event was Nick Gage versus Low Life Louie. And I guess Low Life Louie came out, and they said the crowd was so hot, and the show had been so good up until this point. And they said 60 seconds into this match. They said that the crowd was so hot that Low Life Louie actually shed a tear from how excited the crowd was to watch this match. It took him back to being on top. That Yes, until Nick Gage <laughs> put a pizza cutter in his head less than 60 seconds in, went so deep that the blood, I guess, was just gushing uncontrollably. Low Life Louie, I guess, put a t-shirt on his head and ran to the back, which is Nick Gage's new finisher, I guess, is to get his opponent to just leave. Like, they can't take it anymore. It's not even a submission. <laughs> it's not a quit. It's just they're like, I'm done, and they go home. So he went home, and I guess he got on the mic and tried to cut a promo that, you know, being badass. And then they said that Jimmy Lloyd ran out there without any shoes on, which was clearly just them telling him, like, go do something. The main event didn't happen. But it's funny because you you kind of prepped me for this story in advance. He went out there with no shoes on, and to me, was it that dire of a situation that they couldn't spare the 30 seconds <laughs> to let him put some fucking shoes on? You don't know Jimmy Lloyd's boot situation. Apparently not. What's going on with Jimmy Lloyd's boot situation? No, I don't either. I'm just saying, you don't know what Jimmy Lloyd's situation was when they yelled at him and were like, get the fuck out there and fight Nick Gage. Let me be very, very clear about this. I don't know anything about this venue. I don't know how long that ring that they were using has been in use, but I can pretty much guarantee you, if you ask me, I would not go barefoot on one of those fucking wrestling mats to save my life, considering everything that has happened upon them. 
as you were telling me all of that, I wanted to what you so bad. I was trying to do a little bit of a JFK. I, I, you, I was going to say, you way. sounded like a politician, but then I realized... We... I believe in a wrestling mat that's been cleaned at least three times a day. What? <laughs> <laughs> Can we acknowledge the fact that this is maybe the longest we've ever gone to open an episode without playing our goddamn music? Uh, you can, and we have talked about wrestling for the entire opening of the show. This is a rare moment, everyone. Don't get used Enjoy to it. it. <laughs> Soak it in. And now, hit our goddamn music. loose i felt like that was a good warm-up stretch you, you think that I mean? was that a hot opener it was i don't know if it was a hot opener but i felt like i'm loose now i'm ready to talk some pro wrestling does that make me sound like an asshole when you say it like that i don't mind wrestling you know does it feel like i'm condescending to you a little bit you like that wrestling garrett i think some people have said that to me condescending was ted turner being a dick when he said that to mcmahon probably I don't but, give a shit about what I'm doing over here. I'm just doing it. I just know that wrestling gets a pretty big rate in Vince. <laughs> I don't know if that's how Ted Turner sounds, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever had anybody say wrestling to me like that before, but I can tell you that if they did, I would probably look at them with that gaze in my eye that suggests you're being a condescending dick to me right now. And you don't know shit. You don't know what I like. <laughs> you don't know what I'm into. <laughs> and then I would sigh, and then I would think about it for a minute and be like, you know what? If I could just put them beside me at that fucking death match with shards of glass raining down upon me over and over and over again, I'd be, fucking lean over in their ear and be like, is this is this enough wrestling for you, asshole? <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> fucking tetanus? <laughs> See that blood pool there on the fucking brick floor? Once again, that Derek Halpin going to the places that Meltzer isn't. <laughs> uh, fucking Speaking of Meltzer. the places that Meltzer isn't going, so you remember last week I said, who wears an Enzo Amore shirt? Who wears oh, yeah. a current Enzo shirt? Well, yeah, I had some friends. Well, <laughs> did that hit a little bit closer to home than you expected it to? Well, I wasn't expecting to get a text. I figured maybe a tweet, but not somebody who has my direct phone number. A one-star review on our iTunes telling us, hey, I have a couple of Enzo shirts. Fuck yeah. you, one star. <laughs> and then what would the uh, what do you think Enzo's iTunes name is that he left that review under? Real Playa69 or something? <laughs> Real G? Oh, it's Real One. Real One, sorry. Well, something like that, but maybe that one was already taken on iTunes. Real 169. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what happened? You got a, you got a text from somebody you know? Yeah, uh, I've talked about these guys several times. Matt and Mike. 
that I know from Bola, and I have seen them intoxicated at various wrestling venues around the country. Very much enjoy my time with those boys. They always uh, start some some kind of trouble while I'm around them. But are these the guys that booed Meltzer? Yes. Yeah, that's good <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, he said, you want to know who still wears the Enzo shirts? And then he sent me a picture of him, the two of them together in Enzo shirts with Enzo Amore. It turns out they went to that show at Whiskey A Go-Go where uh, Matt said that Enzo performed to about 50 people. And I can tell you, I have seen these guys yell at every wrestler you can imagine. And I knew there is no way they went to that Enzo show and did not get front row. And I just said, you sold for him, didn't you? And he, he sent back, oh, yeah, we were his biggest fans that night. <laughs> he said that he talked to him in between every single song. But they basically stood in the front row and let Enzo know they were having the time of their life. And I think he fed off their energy and gave Whiskey a go-go, the show that a crowd of 50 deserves. Well, here's the thing. You and I had this debate. Like, maybe they were hamming it up a little bit for Enzo. Maybe they, like, they're putting on a little bit of an act. But if you go as far as buying and wearing the shirts and talking to him and staying for the show and throwing that much enthusiasm in, into it, like, you're a fan at that point, right? I mean, to an extent. And I bet if you asked them that they would tell you that they are genuine fans of his. To this day. To this day! What kind of music is Enzo using on the indies right now? Oh, probably his own. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Not quite as impactful as Jericho using his own music. But, uh... Yeah, see, eventually even Jericho got fozzy over with me, where I was like, yeah, Judas isn't that bad. I fuck, yeah, fuck yeah, I can fuck with Judas. <laughs> Judas in my mind, I'm a come, I'm a come, I'm a come, man. But no, they, uh, I found, <laughs> so. I wasn't expecting that much enthusiasm. So what I was, yeah, Judas. I'm sorry. I, that's yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, it gets me going. It gets me going. So. I saying that going places Meltzer won't. Jeff Hardy's coming back to Nashville, Derek. Didn't he just get arrested? Yeah, he did. Um, and they said that maybe this show won't be as good. And I said, I, I disagree. I think that means we got party Jeff back. Oh no. This show could be Garrett, amazing. Carrot. What? Don't do anything wrong with Jeff Hardy. I love Jeff. Do you? Yeah, I actually do like, okay. Do you I'm really not, love I'm, Jeff Hardy? I'm What's not, your favorite Jeff Hardy match? The one where Randy Orton twists a screwdriver through his ear? Of recent matches? That's probably my favorite. <laughs> yeah, what are the other ones? WrestleMania 17, motherfucker. Oh, there you go. What Beyond that, can you get to a top five? Do I have to give you any more when one of the matches is in my top five? I, I'm just, I've never known you to be a huge Jeff Hardy mark. I me, like a match. A step that, above Arn Anderson. No, that's, that's okay. Is. Okay. Fuck you. I went to see Jeff Hardy in concert mm -hmm. at that show with the other 25 of us. And I was saying I wasn't going to go. Less to, than Enzo? Uh, he probably, uh, I would say equal to Enzo. There were at least 50 people there. The majority of which were the WWE roster in the balcony. Okay. But... <laughs> Matt pointed out, he said I needed to go to that. And I thought to myself, I don't want to. That was a really bad time last time. And then I kind of thought, yeah, there really is no better reason to go again then. 
it's been about two years. I can see if it got if it's gotten any better. And when is that? It's coming up, I think, this month or next month. But either way, it's like twenty five bucks. And they're calling it a meet and greet. And the club that it's at, I'm told, is very, very shitty. So I'm guessing the bathroom situation is a nightmare. But uh, 25 bucks, they're calling it Jeff Hardy meet and greet. And it says, after you get your shit signed by Jeff, stick around for his band. That's got to be a weird life, right? Like, would you be excited to be a member of a, a guy who likes music? He, you're in his band, but he's more well-known for being a professional wrestler. I'm sure that was a problem for Fozzie for a while until they got to start opening for like Metallica and shit. Well, well, what I'm saying is, was it ever really a problem? Like if you're in the band, are you like, Oh, this is bullshit. Does it hamper like your growth as a band? Well, I mean, I don't, a lot of bands, I assume have to get angry with the lead singer for being the most famous guy in the band. There has to I be guess a- that's fair. There's no real difference other than they can draw a little bit bigger crowd because the lead singer's famous. And you also are pretty sure that you can't beat them in a fight. (laughs) Well, they're good to have. They're good to have around. Hey, I guess this is as good an opportunity as any. If we've alluded to it a couple times, we're just going to come right out and say it. You want to do something nice? It's middle of the summer. It's hot, steamy. We might want to feel a little bit better than we, uh, we do in the middle of the afternoon. Help us out. Go over to iTunes, give us five stars, leave a kind review, tell us what you like about the show. If you do that, as you've heard by now, you can recommend something for us to watch, check out that's related even the slightest bit to pro wrestling, and we'll do that and we'll talk about it on the podcast. But right now, I'm going to go right back into my rant from before. We need recommendations on matches that we can do for another watch-along episode for Predetermined to Pro Wrestling Hangout. Where can they send us recommendations to? (laughs) Uh, They could email us if they want. Predeterminedpodcast at gmail.com. What? know our social media. What? At WrestleHangout on Facebook and Twitter. What? (laughs) At Predeterminedpodcast on Instagram. I'm one of the few people that loves what? I love it to death. I'm not annoyed by it. Fuck you guys. No, you're wrong on this one. No, I don't think I am. You do hate it. I think anybody who can get a word like that over good in my book well i mean it was good for a while but the problem was you weren't even watching when that got over that's what i think the problem is you're really calling me on my shit today like you're uh you're just you're not having it i'm sorry i don't hey i'm just seeing what's going on man do you got something going on i did crank it up to 11 a little bit too hard no go ahead call me on my shit that's fine people need to know if i am if I'm not being truthful to them, <laughs> I just feel really good this week about pro wrestling. We don't all you, should. Don't you feel good? Hasn't it been kind of an exciting well, five or six days here? It really has just been one good thing after another. And it seems like that's kind of the consensus. Like, I mean, there's probably nitpicking differences here and there, but Overall, everyone seems to be in a pretty good mood with the state of wrestling across the board. The three major promotions. Well, I just want to say the three major promotions all had a show this weekend and they were all good. Now, we can't say anything for Ring of Honor and TNA, right? 
I said the three major promotions. Yeah, I just wanted to get that dig in there. Hey, 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 you know I love all the wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Most of the wrestlers. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't be on the Pioneer Network or Pop TV or Access. I don't know where where they're at anymore. That's part of the problem. And we're not on uh, a major network. It's a little bit harder to keep up. But we try. Hey. We do try. I have an app for Ring of Honor. They have a pay-per-view once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I Um, really do love a lot of people. I don't need to explain myself. I have talked so much about how much I love everyone on both of those. I put you over pretty hard a couple weeks ago, so I'm just keeping everything in check. You don't owe anybody an explanation. Oh, that's my ringtone now. Like, what is that? It sounds like somebody just paying you a lot of compliments. Oh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's Derek. On our pro wrestling podcast. Hey, um, so what show would you like to start with? Because I didn't really catch any of the G1. I know you kind of went out, went through that, but I, we were excited also primarily to talk about how well Fight for the Fallen went and how well Extreme Rules went. Yeah, let's start off with uh, Fight for the Fallen. Did you have any issues to, this time? I didn't have any issues. This 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 went very, very well. And I, I got to say, if I was going to have a little bit of angst towards you on something, it took you a while, and eventually it was fine. So if you've listened to past episodes, you know that the, occasionally it'll be past my bedtime, and I'll wake up to Garrett having sent me 15 texts about him watching wrestling at home alone and getting excited about it and wanting to talk at me about it. And that's fine. That's what we do. We have a podcast. These things happen. However, where I get a little bit pissy is when there's actually a show going on and I try texting Garrett about it and he doesn't say shit for a good long while. I had a and handful I know of he's people watching. over. Fuck them all. Do you do a podcast with those people? I, I have with one. Okay. Garrett was there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the first, one of the first things I texted you, cause I, I really didn't do any research on where they were doing fight for the fallen at. Um, I love the venue. I texted that to you. Something about that theater style venue and it being outdoors and the show starting in the daylight. I thought I, I, I was into it. And I think the other thing that I was into, not just the venue itself, I kind of like shows where the entrance ramp is at an angle from where the ring is. So they come in, you know, a little off center because it's always kind of weird when the like, it was one of the things that bugged me about when I watched that Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan match where there's the ring and then immediately behind the ring is the ramp. Like it's a little too on the nose of like, hey, you can see when people come out this way. I kind of like, like it, I don't know, it just feels better aesthetically. And even the wall there. Like, at first I was like, eh, I don't know if that's good camera positioning to just kind of have a wall back there. Nope. I was into it. I think we've been discussing this show wrong already. Have we? I think we have. I think we started off on the wrong foot. I agree with you completely. The venue was incredible. I like making it feel like a night at the opera. And that is, I'm pretty sure how the seating is at an opera. Did you watch the new being the elite? Uh, fuck. I actually didn't watch the, this week's. 
So here's what I knew. I felt it in my soul. I just, I didn't know how to put it into words. They explain that Tony Khan got the idea for doing the show there from South Park. What? When they did the WWE episode of South Park a few years ago, and they were treating pro wrestling like a dramatic theater production where the kids come out and they perform like on a stage, these dramatic wrestling moments and it's over the top. It takes place in like a theater, like a theater, like with the round curvature seating and everything. And that's, and they should put a side by side of the picture in the being the elite episode of what it looked like and what it was. And it was almost spot on. I really, really enjoyed that venue. I loved it being outdoors. I loved the setup. It looked like there wasn't a bad seat. It did look like there were some empty seats. Up top? Yeah. Yeah. Do we know how many that venue held? Have no idea. It didn't matter to me because the crowd was into the show. It, yeah. The crowd was hot and it never it didn't look like the place was empty. The one thing that I said that I was gonna say we should have started, you know how WWE pretty much Starts every show by like Snickers presents WrestleMania. Yeah. Farah and Farah Law Firm had so much placement in this show. <laughs> so much placement. Like the logo for Farah and Farah Law Firm was bigger than the AEW logo on the main screen. Yeah. And their name was on both sides, like on every side of the apron twice. Did this bug you? I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, I wanted to commit a... <laughs> like, I, I can't even utilize this product. I was going to say, you're not from uh, the uh, Florida area. Six hours of watching a show telling me to eat a Snickers, I can. What am I supposed to do with <laughs> Farah and Farah? Yeah. Um, oh, we're just going to gloss over that? No, I don't, I don't really have a huge opinion on that. It didn't stand out that much to me, Garrett. Well, then you were watching the show wrong because I commented on it throughout the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the show incorrectly because I didn't notice the sponsor heavily. They tried I'm so sorry. hard for you to see that. And the fact that you didn't see it. I don't know what else they could have done, Derek. It was everywhere. I've look, I've gotten to the point now where if I watch a video or something and they throw like a 10 second ad in the middle of it. In my mind, I subconsciously tell myself, well, you're never buying a product from them because they just ruined your experience watching this cute puppy video. That's fair. That's fair. I, I just, I censor out advertisements at this point. Like, there's some people who don't even like product placement in movies and television shows. It doesn't bother me because it just makes it feel real. Like the movie. This is uh, different. Did you ever see that movie SWAT with Colin Farrell and Sam Goddamn Jackson? Goddamn right, I didn't. Well, I, I didn't. If I recall, there is just an unbelievable amount of Dr. Pepper sponsorship in that movie where they're just constantly passing Dr. Pepper billboards and uh, soda machines. Are we done talking about SWAT? Jesus Christ, come on. Are we done talking about advertising on pro wrestling shows and getting to the actual wrestling part that people want to hear from us okay, about? Okay, fine. Farrah and Farrah presents Fighter Fest was a fantastic show because of the following matches. How did you like that Sonny Kiss entrance? I actually loved the shit out of Sonny Kiss. I had never seen him wrestle before, so this was awesome. Uh, this was a great introduction. I am still kind of tired of the librarians. But you knew, kind of knew going in that Sonny Kiss was going to take that librarian out. 
I actually disagree. The librarian thing won me over. How did, what did they do that different this time that it won you over? I think it took me until later in the show to really set in, but what happened? There was like what, when that fucking brawl broke out in the ring, I think it was between, was it between hangman and Jericho? And then they pulled him apart and everyone did the library. And it came back later. I kind of laughed. All right. So it's getting over with you. (laughs) It's getting a little bit over with me. Like it's, it's admittedly dumb, but so is Rusev day. And that got over. Doesn't take much. I was actually thinking about Rusev last night. Do you think he would? Uh, I picture him going to Ring of Honor eventually. I would be fine. Like, I don't know. Like I think actually, I actually think Rusev is an athletic, pretty damn good wrestler. I would like to see what he could do out on his own. I just don't know if he'll ever be able to get as over as he was, like a little like a year and a half ago. This is what we do. We go on tangents. We're trying to talk about Fight for the Fall. Next thing you know, we're having like a, a fucking, you know, philosophical debate on the state of Rusev. That's what we do here. And that was a thought I had. And if I didn't throw it out, I would forget it forever and we'd just move on. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, how did you feel about Sunny Kiss's finisher? The the split thing from the top rope? Uh, I'll be honest. I've watched so much wrestling trying to remember what his finish. Describe it to me. He he does the split. He does a split from like you're on your back and he does a split from you from the top rope on you from the top rope. Like he lands on you in the splits position. Yeah. Like his dick is taking the majority of the blow. Yeah. That's pretty good. This is a show you watch, but you were too distracted by the fucking law firm that they were using on the ring. Yeah, I was too busy looking up to see if there was a Farah and Farah anywhere near me to see that finisher. (laughs) It's like, where's Waldo? No, also, this was just a longer show than I was expecting it to be, too. Yeah, it was was like four hours. uh, It got close, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it ran long, longer than they expected. What's like the first thing in the show, though, that like really grabbed your attention that you were like, oh, I'm all on board? Uh, The six-man tag match. MJF, Sammy, Sean. Yeah. Darby, Jimmy, Joey. I thought that was fun. And I think there was a moment where this is, this is where I started getting frustrated with you. Cause I started talking to you about how I felt about Darby Allen and it took you a while to respond because I had made the comment. Like I don't like Darby Allen, but it has nothing to do with his performance in the ring or who he is or what he can be. Just something about his appearance reminds me of like the shitty creator wrestlers that you would see people do on WWE games online. <laughs> like there was just something about, like just like, there's a kid who thought like I'm gonna half paint my face like Jack Skeleton. That's gonna be really fucking rad. And in my mind, I'm like that's kind of lame. See, to me, that, <laughs> I, I very I'm not much to in... shit on Darby Allen, but do you get it? Yeah, I do. I really enjoy Darby's work in the ring, but if I had to critique one thing of him visually, I you did nail that. But uh, I think it's weird that he wears little jean shorts over his tights. Yeah, that's maybe it looks like it. He looks like somebody I would see frequenting Hot Topic. I feel like he's somebody that would be in the back of the arcade playing Dance Dance Revolution, and I would look at them just a little too long. Yeah. That's fair. He is built like that a man said, who would be great at dance dance. 
what did you, did this match? Was this the moment where they kind of drew you into, or was it a different moment for you? Honestly, I was enjoying myself the entire show. I think every match had something to offer, uh, but it did hit a certain. I mean, this show, you know, got progressively better as it went. I am going to have such a hard time remembering anything from this show other than that SEMA match. Well, see, that's, let's, let's, we can jump around here. We don't have to go in order. Um, we had a bunch of stuff we wanted to talk about. I think I loved the dynamic during the six man tag of MJF and Sean Spears, not really liking each other. And I, it was, Oh, we got to comment on this. Joey Janela is over like a motherfucker. Oh yeah. Like that made me so happy that the last time you saw him on an AEW show, he was losing to John Moxley in a death match. Fast forward to this. They're chanting his name as he comes out. Like he's, he's his prediction about him being an AEW jobber. I don't think that's going to be what happens for the record. Do you think he could be a guy that uh, is like a top guy of the mid card? Yes, because this I do this six man is basically just showing you like, hey, here is the main mid card talent, and I correct. Fu- I fucking love all six of these guys right now. Yes, I think they're gonna have one of the strongest mid cards in wrestling. It made me appreciate Jimmy Havoc. Um. I, I, I cringed so hard. There were so many spots where I thought people got killed in this match. Um, I didn't like the Joey Janela Death Valley driver on the ring apron to uh. Sammy Guevara. I thought he killed him. He, it looked like he dropped him right like on the back of the head neck area, like directly, full body weight. I think the and, th- th- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. I was just going to say the thing about seeing this type of six man on this show, because immediately we were all kind of talking about how this show felt more like a TV taping than a pay-per-view. But I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, I felt like this is what the weekly show was going to be like, but I feel like we're still going to get to see these really good six man matches. You know, where we're still getting this fast paced, exciting, you know, seeing a guy take that move on the apron and that kind of stuff. Well, I saw some comments online that I, that I actually did agree with, which is that it's going to take a while before we figure out what an AEW show feels like. Like, it's hard to get a grasp on that stuff when they technically what, only have four or five under their belt, if you include all in. Yeah. I mean, what like, this, was, is, this is technically number... Th- this would have been number four, I guess. Because they had double or nothing... Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen? Yeah. That's all they've had as AEW. Yeah. So three. Well, three and then kind of all in. Well, okay. If we're including all in. Yeah. Um, So it's it's hard to see if that, like we've talked about this in the past, is the indie formula where you just copy and paste everyone's shtick or gimmick and how it works at an indie show and just do it in front of the camera. Does it work the same? when you're interacting with other wrestlers who are more or less serious than your character, how's that going to work? Um, I thought this six man tag match, I think that was the reason that I liked it so much is because it made me feel like it's a variety of different characters and it felt okay. Like it felt like, yeah, I can watch this. 
Um, how did you feel? Well, let's get this out of the way now. Uh, Brandy Rhodes as a wrestler. It was that. What do you, what do you want to say about that? I guess it was the worst match of the night. I think it went way too long. That's how it felt for me. Uh, I, the thing is, I do like Brandy. I like her on the microphone. I think they have too good of wrestlers right now for her to be. You think she sticks out like a sore thumb? Kinda. Yeah. I don't like saying that, but that is how it feels. I do have to apologize. I do. Do you? No, we haven't apologized to like, we didn't apologize to Bailey when she got the shit beat out of her with that kendo stick. Well, right. But that wasn't, that was a work, man. We're just, uh, here's the thing. I think there was a lot that was confusing about this and I can kind of see where it was like, like the, the promo package they aired before her match would implicate that she is going to be a baby face. It's trying to make her dream come true because people don't think of her as a wrestler and she's in a wrestling company, but she wants to be a wrestler and they, you know, show her like tearing up and everything and it, weighs on her and it was emotional and then she comes out and she's playing the role of the heel and they brought awesome kong out which was awesome but you figure out oh that she was out there to distract from the fact that like brandy really can't work very good just yet (laughs) and i say yet I say yet because I'm gonna I'm giving it time and I don't want to be the guy that's like you're never gonna make it you've got she's got a lot of people around her and I think with time, she can be fine. Yeah, especially, you know, when you're around Kenny Omega and the Bucks and that many people who can train you. I mean, look how quickly Hangman Page moved. I'm confident she'll be able to get there. I just don't know when you have such a good women's roster right now. I guess she is one of the bigger names on it, but. Do you think she should stay behind the curtain until she's ready? I don't know. I mean, it kind of seems like they're setting her up to be a Stephanie McMahon of AEW. Fair enough. Of the women's division. And I like her on the mic. I don't know if I want her as a heel authority figure, but whatever. I don't care at this point. Like, I want, I'm going to let him, I'm going to wait, see where it goes. What um, did you think about Hangman's match? I was, I'm just always excited to see him now. (laughs) And... I feel like Kip Sabian wronged us all by uh, dating Penelope, even though that has nothing to do with him, really. <laughs> Are you like holding that against him right now? I Unfortunately, I feel a stronger connection to Joey Janela, where I'm like, you're hurting my man Joey over here. I'm sticking with him. He's hurting your bro? He's hurting my bro Joey, and you know, I'm going to see him fight superstar Bill Dundee this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you go... Boo. Oh, I was booing Kip Sabian and giving him thumbs down the whole time. And when he's like, dude, what the fuck? He'd be like, I know what you did. You're dating my man's ex. He's like, what was that? Was I not supposed to? Not if you want me, my respect. You, th- you want to, you want that t-shirt money? Not today, he's bud. Like, he's like, I want to be happy. I want to be happy with the person I'm with. And you're like, I don't care about that. All I care about is the pro wrestling part. And that affects me. <laughs> You're just being a selfish dick. I wonder you shouldn't date the person that makes you happy. I wonder if they took Penelope away as Joey's valet. It looks like they did. I think they may have. But honestly, if if she's going to be there just in the women's division, I love that even more. I think she's awesome. And I think Joey's going to be just fine without her. 
Joey. I don't want to say you can do better, but you can do different. You're going to be you're going to be <laughs> fine, Joey. If you're listening, you're going to do just fine. It made me smile when I heard the way that crowd reacted to you when you came out. Keep it up. Um what else do you want to talk about cuz there's still a couple other matches from this show we need to get into. Always going to love seeing Angelico and Jack Evans on a team. Those two are yeah, I'm just I'm going to be very thankful to AEW for putting them back together as a tag team and letting me see it. I'm going to never get tired of seeing them. Uh, I thought it was weird that they just kind of took Marco Stun out there with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus is over as fuck. Oh, he we were talking about that. He is going to be the toys that the kids buy in AEW. Yes, I might buy one myself. He is, he is super over, and I, I like him. I think he's funny. I love him on BTE. He's fucking talented as hell, too. And we looked up what his master's degree in, or his PhD was in, I guess, and it was actually in, like, medieval history. <laughs> so, Luchasaurus is a doctor in medieval history. That's fair. Uh, SCU versus the Lucha Brothers. What did you think of this? Because I thought this was fun. Dude, this was the match we needed SCU to have. Yeah, they're back. They, yeah, I feel like we just saw them wrestle the same couple teams so many times in Ring of Honor that I needed to see them with a really good team again and just put on a, like, I just, I just needed them to put on a match that looked like they cared a whole bunch. Can we just for a moment address the fact that AEW is going to have a badass fucking tag team division? Holy shit, man. I can't even, I mean, and right now there's still speculation that LAX is going to sign with them. Yeah. Which we know they have two shows in Chicago all out weekend. They're def- never know. They're defending the belts at both AAW shows. And of course the big news out of that is that the Lucha brothers after winning and defeating SCU have challenged the young bucks to a tag team ladder match at all out. And I believe JR said, I'm getting word that after they had just said it. So we knew and it was, I thought he was getting ready to say the, like I'm getting word that six or that five, four people are going to die in the ring in Chicago. (laughs) There's going to be mass murder. That's going to be a wild fucking match. Yeah. That I mean it, it's funny because like you kind of just get to sit back and be like, "All right, who are they going to pair up for matches?" And just I mean is 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 that fair to say? Like you look and see who's available still on the roster. Like they haven't announced who Cody's facing yet, but you get an idea, right? I'm I mean we all assume Sean Spears, I think. Yeah. I don't know, man. And um, then dude, let's... the next match happened. And I said at the beginning of the match, I was like, I'll be honest, I just don't care about Seema. I have seen him wrestle. I respect him. I just, I'm not, I just can't get that excited about it. And then, God damn it, if they didn't go out and put on one of my favorite matches excited. I've seen this year. Yeah. Yeah, this was a fucking... Um, I don't remember... I remember enjoying the whole match. But I can tell you specifically the moment where I said, holy shit, this is on another level. Did that happen to you? Uh, I did. I wonder where, where it was for you, though. The moment where it was for me is when they fought outside the ring. And then 
SEMA went up like on the fucking whatever the railing, the fucking next level of the seats, and he did the double knee drop to Kenny. Yep. On the on on the what would you call it like the transport boxes that they have for storage. Yep. <laughs> And I just remember out loud being like, holy shit. Like, how do you even like, here's the thing that we never talk about. And I, I've, we, I feel like I'm always the guy that's like, we never, we never take time to appreciate this part of pro wrestling. I'm being that guy. They had to go out there and be like, what's a cool spot we could do tonight. And then I had to be like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on this fucking storage box and I'm going to climb up here and I'm going to jump and I'm going to drive both of my fucking knees into your upper chestal shoulder region and roll off and it's going to look fucking awesome. They had to draw <laughs> that up. They had to go look at the props in the vicinity of the ring and be like, that's the thing we could do. And is, does that impress you? Trusting somebody to do that. That fucking, it sucked me into the match and I went, holy shit, they're fucking going to kill each other tonight. Well, I mean, the guy is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. Kenny Omega's best in the world. <laughs> He knows what he's doing. You, you know, you say things like that and we get used to those fucking tropes and we just go, ah, oh, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. How much of a professional can you be at fucking jumping off a thing and driving your knees into somebody without fucking hurting them? I was going to say ask Shane, but I don't know that he ever doesn't get hurt when he does that shit. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is I think there's an assumption here that like they'll be fine. And there's part of me that's like, yeah, they'll be fine. But it also just kind of hurts. Like, it just it's straight up them doing that thing. And this moment sucked me deeper into the match. This was, like, an easy five stars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it almost felt like, you know, Seth Rollins was talking about being the best in the world the other day. And it, was, it almost felt like Kenny Omega was like, hey. <laughs> just a reminder. Just a reminder. <laughs> I don't know how much anybody cares about this match. But just to show you that at any moment I can do a five-star match. And see, seeing that on a show like this where he, this wasn't the main event. And also them doing strong style, you know, in an AEW ring kind of showed me that, you know, I'm going to get a little bit of everything. And that's really what I want right now. I just want a wrestling promotion that's going to give me a little bit of everything. So I'm not just seeing the same match over and over again. Right. No, I was losing my fucking mind over this match. I was up on our social media tweeting out a bunch of fire. So yeah, Sema and Omega was fucking amazing. And I, I just, we don't really have to say anything else. It was definitely match of the night. Not that that's a shit on any of the other matches. I just think this was the fucking match of the night. Yeah, it was. I mean, maybe you probably you're going to carry this one with you for a while. Yeah, I wish there hadn't been so much other wrestling this weekend because it's one I really want to watch again. You know, because I throughout this, because I had, a you know, four people over. So uh, who all was over? Neil and Sarah. I'm giving everybody shout outs here. Neil, Sarah, Garrett, Kevin, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. Great time. But uh, when I, you know, when you're watching wrestling with a bunch of people, I kind of watch it like you and I watch it, you know, cracking jokes, just having a good time. But when that SEMA match came on, I shut the fuck up. Like I was maybe talking for the first couple minutes and then just shut the fuck up and just let it happen to me. Was anybody else letting it happen to them or was that like, Oh, the room got a you experience. The room got quiet. I think everybody could tell they were watching something special. See, now you're getting sentimental. (laughs) 
they were watching a moment that they would remember for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I don't know if I'll remember it forever, but I think at the end of the year when I'm making a top 10, I'll think like, God damn, that was a pretty good one. Did they do a good job on this show of getting you more excited for Jericho and Hangman between the attack of Je- the Jericho had on Hangman and the promo he cut towards the end of the night and then Hangman came back out and got his retribution? Um, What's weird is this is one I'm already excited for, so I don't know if the promos and everything got me more excited for it. But I am at the same level of excitement I have been consistently, which is a lot of excitement. I'm definitely going to be in the Sears Center chanting for Hangman during this one. Um, I'll just throw the... See, I'm on good terms with Jericho again, so I don't want to say anything that gets me you know, blocked or shunned. I'm not nuts about the Judas Effect finisher, the, the elbow. It just seems like a move in the middle of a match, like an elbow. <laughs> um, like I still think a code breaker and, and the, the walls are fine. Um, and obviously he still uses those. I, I just saying, I, like he he made a point to hit the fucking Judas effect on Hangman, and it fucking gave him a black eye and cut him open. Um, I'm not nuts about it. I don't I don't think there's anything. I, I don't know. Whatever. Probably I think it's a move that's easier for that. Jericho to take in this part of his career. That's fair. I just, I just, I'm not nuts about it. I'm excited for the match. They've done a great job building towards it. I think people are going to speculate back and forth on who they think is going to be the first AEW champion. Everyone kind of has their theory on who that should be. I know that some people hate the idea of an elderly Jericho being the first AEW champion in this new promotion and everything. Um, I don't hate it. Um, and I also don't hate the idea of hangman either. I think we've put hangman over so much on this podcast that nothing else needs to be said. Um, what did you think of the main event? Cause I, I remember you texting me at one point saying the, the main event between the Rhodes brothers and the bucks didn't do much for you. And it wasn't even that. I I think it was a good match, not a great match. But a little the, too long? It went a little too long. This one went just over a half hour, I think. And the problem is it had followed a match that I couldn't stop thinking about. And I was watching that match thinking about the match I had just watched. And I think they don't want that. <laughs> I also think, like we said earlier, it did feel like a really long show, and the crowd, I'm not going to say they were out of it by this one, but you could tell they were tired. You could see people in the audience fanning themselves because they were hot. It was humid. Um, And this match, I think it just went like maybe 10 minutes too long. Like, I understand that it was supposed to be an emotional climax and everything. Um, I thought it was fine. I didn't think there was anything particularly amazing about it, but I, I thought that it, I, I understood why it was the main event. I still think the best match was Sema and Omega. Yeah, I agree. I did, I, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, they put the match at the end that was going to sell the most tickets. And yeah, even if you if you told me that Sema Omega was going to be the main event, I wouldn't have been as excited as I would have for the announcement of that other main event. Right. So it makes sense to me still. It's just... Kenny went out and stole the show. 
was the stuff at the end of the show with the uh, the check <laughs> and Kenny closing the show was that was that just me or was that awkward as fuck? Well, I I loved the shit out of it. I love that they're talking and they're like, oh, we're running out of time, and then no one knew if they were on the air anymore, and just. When Cody hands the microphone to Kenny and in the middle of talking, you just see Matt go over and whisper something to Kenny and just seeing that realization on his face like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think about that. What am I going to do? Yeah. yeah, no, I, that was my reaction, too. And it was kind of it made me a little sick to my stomach, too, because it was like it was like all of a sudden this group that has made a shitload of money the last three or four years off of a faction called bullet club was doing a fucking show for the victims of gun violence and kenny omega ends every show by saying goodbye mwah, good night and bang gun noises <laughs> and all of a sudden there was just you could just see kenny's entire life like from the last fucking like decade just maybe not a decade, but you know what I mean? Like last five years flash before me like, Oh fuck. How did we not think of this until now? And we just <laughs> had to come up with something and they came up with fucking boing. What was funny is that this is all, it felt like Cody's fault. Cause Cody's the one that's like, he's the one with the catchphrase and then hands it to him. And he's like, yep, I am. You can't do the gun thing. Oh fuck. Fuck, Cody. Uh... <laughs> Why can't you just give one of your passionate promos to close this goddamn show, Cody? Yeah, just say that something. Fine. Just say something sentimental. Just end yeah. it with that. That's all we need. We need you to go out there and do your DiCaprio pro wrestler shit and yep. leave Kenny out of this. He just put on the match of the night, and now you made this guy who looked so cool before say boing. Yeah, there was there is something really hilarious about. Was it Matt leaned in and whispered into his fucking ear? And you could just see the the look in Kenny's eyes go from, oh, shit, what do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just took away my catchphrase, motherfucker. You just said, now you get to hear the catchphrase you came to hear. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, a very, awkward. very awkward ending, but understandable. Like, I'm surprised they didn't think about that earlier, but getting to see them witness that moment was maybe the most human Kenny Omega's ever looked in that ring. So if we, let me ask you the question. If we were lucky enough ever in our lives to be able to, for this podcast, interview the elite for like 15 minutes, would that be a top three question we would ask? Honestly, like, at this how, yeah, I'd rather ask that than anything about Okada. Just be like, <laughs> how awkward was it at Fight for the Fallen when you guys realized, like, oh shit, Kenny can't do his uh, his his closing remarks <laughs> given the circumstances. And I just love to hear like how they were not prepared to handle that. Like they hadn't even talked about it. Like that to me is hilarious. Uh, the th uh, that, they're uh, like, this is the part of the show we're the best at. Just going out, getting the crowd hyped, making them feel like they're leaving a cool party. <laughs> It'd be like going to The Rock and be like, all right, Rock, go out there and do your shtick. However, you can't refer to yourself in the third person and you can't use the word smell anymore. Go but, get him, buddy. But you tell him that right as he was walking out of the curtain. <laughs> and now he's told all of those things are very, very offensive now. Yep. You're the most famous man in the world. What you gonna do? <laughs> uh, this was a good show. Um, some people, 
what was I th- our good good friend Jeffy? He said that he thought it was his least favorite of the shows that AEW has done yet. Do you? Where does this rank for you? Out of I guess now, if we include all in, I guess four. Ah. Uh. Damn, I hadn't even, there's, I mean, with there only being three, I hadn't even really considered ranking them. Just because, you know, there was stuff I liked and didn't like, I guess not really. Maybe this does come in third, but I also enjoyed that SEMA match so much that it feels like it bumps it up a little higher. I felt like there was a lot to like about this show. Honestly, I liked this show more than Fighter Fest. That was my take. Um... In fact, I, I would go as far as saying beyond the main event of Fighter Fest, there like I felt like this was a big improvement. I felt like I got way more out of this, and the venue was nice. Well, and this was at an actual wrestling show and not a convention. Fair so, enough. So maybe the crowd, you know, they definitely knew what they were getting into coming to this this time. Either way, I'll give the show a thumbs up. That was fun. And probably no more free shows from here on out, right? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe after All Out, maybe they start doing some free ones again if they're going to do these smaller shows. Once they get that TNT deal, man. I'm just hoping, you know, maybe we get a couple more. Everyone's going to be sucking that teat. (laughs) Just give me a couple more freebies before October, man. Come on. (laughs) Think we're made of $60? I don't know. I only paid nine ninety nine for fucking Extreme Rules this weekend, and I got plenty out of that. Yeah. It, I went into this show. I didn't read anything about it. I just threw it on at the end of the night. I started it after it already aired. And Did you know about any of the shit leading into it, or was this just a situation where you just pulled up and say, all right, WWE's doing a pay-per-view. What's going on? No, I mean, we talk about pro wrestling on this podcast. We do, so I'd heard a little bit about what was going on. <laughs> I wasn't going in blind. No, I mean, I knew what was going on, but there wasn't anything. I didn't go into this show expecting the best show I'd ever seen. I went into this show expecting, you know what, guys? This could potentially be our last this era of WWE show. This could be the last time we get to watch a pay-per-view that ends shitty and weird or just as uncomfortable or bad or just awkward the whole way through. Did not get that. Not even a little bit. I enjoyed this thing front to back. Was what was what would you say was the down moment of the show for you? What's the, what's the, let's get the bad stuff out of the way first. What was not necessarily bad, but what do you think? Like, eh, whatever. Throw that aside. I can only come up with one thing, and I don't feel great saying it because I don't like complaining. There, what is it about being the the champion? At WWE that just somehow makes you unlikable. Are you talking about the main event? I'm talking about Seth and Becky. I did not even mind the main event, but it is crazy. Like, I know it's, yeah, it sucks that they don't have great chemistry on screen, but they don't. <laughs> and it is pretty hilarious. Did, did, I mean, I, I felt like I was ranting about that. And I had said it to you through text messages about just like, there's something about it. Like people can try to deny it and be like, you're just being one of those wrestling fans that once they get to the top, you don't fucking like them anymore just to be cool. I really didn't have an issue with Seth until his shit was Will Ospreay. And then I forgave him for it because he apologized. But really it's something about like, I'm, I'm fine with Becky and Seth being happy together as a couple. 
off screen. I think that's fucking awesome. I think if you work in an industry like pro wrestling and you're able to find a significant other and make it work, that's great. I can tell you from the moment I found out about them being a couple, I thought, oh my God, I hope they don't make that a thing on screen because it's going to detract from both of them and make both of them look unlikable. It definitely is. It's <laughs> There are couples that when you see them, you think, man, I'd like to go out to eat with them. And there's couples that you see that you're like, that would be an awkward fucking dinner that I'm not calling them back to hang out again after. <laughs> That's I, a one and done. I'll tell you, like me, John Cena, Nikki Bella, and my wife, we could sit down and eat. I know they're not together anymore, but when they were, there was something about them as a couple that did not annoy me. Like you thought you could shoot the shit with them and just laugh and be normal? Like, it seems like Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch's thing now is the thing that makes them interesting as each other and that isn't why i liked either of them before correct <laughs> so but it does seem like they abandoned that on raw a little bit right i didn't see raw so this i week. didn't watch raw this week but i did i mean obviously i get the highlights and i see what happened but yeah can we talk I about what we ma- liked <laughs> i'm like there's, yeah no I'm i know excited. i just wanted to get out of the way because I, I wanted to say, like, the one that really didn't do much for me was Kofi and Samoa Joe. I Like, it just kind of ended abruptly. And I don't want to say I want to see Kofi lose the championship because I don't know if that's necessarily where I'm at. But it's getting to the point where I'm, I want to see Joe as champion, <laughs> like, really, really bad. I think he's fantastic on the mic. I think he looks awesome. I think he has good matches when they give him time. And I don't know. I was I, In my mind, I was like, man, maybe. Maybe. And they did some fun stuff with the steel ring steps in his hand and everything, but eh, it was kind of a whatever. I was kind of disappointed there. Um, I thought them opening the show, as you had said to me, with Undertaker and Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, I thought was a excellent decision. Not in a million years would I have guessed I would have enjoyed this match as much as I did. And what was it about the match that, like, like how long did it take for you to realize, oh, I'm actually invested in this? Honestly, it didn't take that long. It felt like pretty quick into it, Undertaker showed us that he was there to do a good job. And I felt like that was kind of the theme of the night, is I was watching everybody in the ring try and do a good job for me. It seemed like everybody cared on this pay-per-view and was trying really hard. And it, I think Undertaker got to wash the taste of Goldberg out of his mouth. That's exactly what the fuck this was, and it made me happy. You know I'll take every opportunity to remind everybody that Goldberg's fucking dog shit. So it makes me happy that Undertaker felt obliged to come back for a, what is essentially a B-level WWE pay-per-view. It's not one of the big four. He felt like it was necessary after Super Showdown to come back and do a pay-per-view so he's like hey guys i know i'm not great at this age but i, I can still be pretty good <laughs> and this was and, the best staker match i remember seeing in the last few years absolutely <laughs> and it, it was cool because they didn't do the typical thing that you think that they would do where they don't have taker in the match until like 10 15 minutes in like for the hot tag like he was in that some bitch like within the first few minutes and he was in it for a long time. Like the yeah. Roman, it took forever to get in. And I enjoyed watching Roman ringside. 
He w- he looked like he was genuinely marking out for the Undertaker. He he absolutely was. And I know I'm not alone when I say this. I popped for the Roman Reigns spear on Drew McIntyre after the excellent camera work showed Drew McIntyre coming up behind Undertaker. And then before he gets a fucking move in, skadoosh, spear. And and how long has it been since you've genuinely popped for a Roman Reigns spear? Oh, man, it would have been. I was still a Roman fan, I guess, before <laughs> WrestleMania 30. <laughs> or no, before Back 31. Between 30 and 31. Between yeah. that space between 30 and 31. Somewhere in there, I remember really, really liking Roman a lot. And this well, got me to pop off my couch and cheer because Roman Reigns saved The Undertaker. <laughs> And I was invested, boy. <laughs> you do know they have a shirt. Together? Yeah. Just so you know, if you want a shirt that says Graveyard Dogs on it, Ew. with a couple of fucking dogs on the front, one of them looking a little bit older than the other one. <laughs> like one has a hat. <laughs> I think WWE still got their buy one, get one for a dollar special going on right now, so hop on over there yeah i do need a Um, shirt to commemorate that match that one time at extreme rules 2019 (laughs) you have a fucking jack swagger shirt somewhere in your closet i don't because if you remember that episode marie kondo got me to get rid of it oh that's right he's coming to nashville soon with hall and nash (laughs) let's talk about extreme rules because there's some more good shit on here uh we don't Fuck, have to go man. through every match, but like, what was what were some other things that got you to pop? Um, Alistair Black and Cesaro can just have matches for months, and I'd probably be fine with it. Yes, take them to SummerSlam. Let them keep doing this match. They just did it again on SmackDown this week. Was it as um, good? Yeah, it was a little shorter, but yeah, and and they added the spot where Alistair Black hit the Black Mass, and when he hit it on Cesaro. Cesaro spit his mouth guard out. So it went flying from the black mass. People are still into it. I wouldn't mind if they just gave them like a best of seven series at this point. I like, I like, I'm excited to see Cesaro as a single star again. He deserves this. He is still that good. And he needs matches like this once in a while to remind everybody. I think Cesaro and Big E fall into that category of guys that have not gotten that chance as a singles guy yet to shine, and people want to see it. I um, agree completely. And also, Alistair Black, that black mass looks so fucking painful. It, every, oh yeah. it looks like he just straight up just kicks your face off. Yeah, I don't know how, as a pro wrestler, how that works. Like, how does that not hurt? How's that not just you getting kicked in the face like anybody else would? I'd love to have somebody explain that to me. I don't. I just want the magic to live forever. <laughs> uh, new Intercontinental Champion uh, on the kickoff show. I actually Nakamura missed the kickoff Finn show. Balor. Yeah. Um, they had a pretty good match. And Nakamura's back, essentially, is what people are saying. He's the new IC champion. Um, I saw that it's going to be him versus Mustafa Ali at SummerSlam. That seems to be what they're building towards, yeah. That's actually a pretty interesting matchup I'd be excited to see. Yes. Yeah. Um, They hinted about that on SmackDown. They had Mustafa Lee congratulate Nakamura. Um, How hard did you pop for KO's match? I, I, 
I I'm embarrassed to tell you. <laughs> I was watching this pay-per-view alone with my fucking roommate. And he's laying like on the love seat and I'm in the recliner. I don't know what to expect. I know that I have the same sentiment as you earlier in the week when it was supposed to be Ziggler versus Owens on SmackDown. I really didn't care about that match. I've seen plenty of people online complain about this Extreme Rules match because they're like, why couldn't they just let Owens and Ziggler have a really good long wrestling match? And in my mind, I'm like, I'm sure I saw that like four years ago. I don't care now necessarily about just seeing the guys have a good match he hit that fucking stunner motherfucker i popped up after he got that three count and i said fuck yeah and i meant it i think i pumped a fist it felt so good it was like fucking braun Strowman redemption from last summer (laughs) so much it felt so good to be like ah i'm on the other end of how that feels do you like kevin owens throwing all these stunners on tv now Yes, I can't get enough of it. Since Austin's supposed to be back for this Raw reunion, do you think him and Owens will talk about their stunners? Or do you think Owens will get stunnered? Or maybe they stunner the McMahons together? That's kind of what I'm hoping. Like Dream scenarios abound here where you could just have those two stunnering the entire roster. They could just have those two stunnering Shane McMahon back and forth for you know five minutes. They could have Austin stunning Vince and... Owens stunning Shane. Like, but you know, KO isn't drinking that beer. I know that he doesn't drink, but I think he might make an exception to drink a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Cause even Mick Foley, you know, says he doesn't turn down that opportunity. Yeah. That's just something you don't do. What about punk? You think punk would drink a beer with Stone Cold break his edge? From what I hear, CM Punk did a shot for four Harley race. This is a true story. Shot of what? Uh, I don't know. Whiskey. I wish it was something fun. <laughs> like, you know, just like a rum chata. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he broke his fucking straight edge lifestyle with like the pussiest fucking alcoholic <laughs> beverage you can come up with. Don't, uh, don't degrade people for what they drink, Derek. I'm a big fan I'm of not a tiki drink. I love rum chata. You're going to give me a, just... a drink that has a pine that's served to me in a pineapple with a, an umbrella hanging out of it. 100% of the time, put it in my You'll mouth. Pay 20 bucks for that. Every time, every time. <laughs> um, I did dig this whole card top to bottom. I, I, I was into the ricochet AJ Styles stuff. Um, I'm kind of excited about seeing AJ Styles as a heel again. I think I think that's how I perform. I think he's really good at playing a smug asshole. Because I think people see him in his hair, and I think that's how they feel. <laughs> like, when they initially see him. You so, know what? I can think of something that <laughs> Enzo and Cass said that made me laugh so hard and is still funny to me. AJ Styles, you and your soccer mom haircut... Keep doing soccer mom things. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Uh, yeah, remember? You, oh, yeah, we left out say, one thing here, and I know that that might be what you're bringing up. Go on. Yeah, Baron Corbin hit Becky Lynch with an end of days, and I popped out of my seat. Yeah, let's talk about that motherfucker because I know that we've gotten some feedback from uh, some of our new listeners in particular 
they enjoyed our conversation about intergender wrestling last week. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because I've still like all week people have been talking to me about intergender wrestling. And Is that true? Yeah, I've had multiple people come talk to me about it from the, because of what we were talking about with Sammy and Tessa. And it kind of seems like the consensus is, and I do tend to believe this, that it seems like my problem with it is when a heel is actually effective. And Sammy Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the problem is, Derek, I got worked. So was was Baron Corbin. You said you popped for it. Oh, I popped a hundred percent. Like, but it Why? was also because it was one move and not super devastating. <laughs> uh, I, I loved it. It caught me off record. guard. I mean, honestly, that's You're, the main reason because they I went there. Yeah, I was not expecting that, and it makes Baron Corbin look like the biggest piece of shit in the world. It actually gets people <laughs> mad at him. This is maybe the first thing he's done that could draw heat. That isn't. But is this the? Is he the wrong guy to do it to? The best part about it is he does it to fucking Becky. Seth's over there in disbelief, and he pops up, looks at him, and points. What the fuck are you gonna do about it? <laughs> Three curb I'm stumps. Not, like, I, can we just hypothetically? I know this is an uncomfortable topic for no, a lot go of ahead. people. If I gave Leah a stone cold star, <laughs> and then popped up and said, "What are you gonna do about it?" I didn't hit your wife. I used a fucking pro wrestling move on her. The fucking end of days is basically a swing that ends with you belly flopping. It's still weird that he did it to her either way, where he's just like hitting. <laughs> it really does show I, how big I, of an asshole that character is. <laughs> I'm becoming more and more convinced that people are wrong about Baron Corbin. Did this move finally put him over? No, I I've been wondering for weeks if everyone's wrong. What are we wrong about? It's not go home heat. He's just a really good heel. Is it because I mean, sometimes if you're not that exciting of a wrestler, that's heat there as well. And then when you're shitty, honestly, is he just like kind of how everyone was tired of Miz a few years ago? I think he has one of those faces. I think the way he dresses, I think the way he talks, like there comes a point where when you start listing all the reasons why you don't like him, that it's just that he's good. At, he's perfect. He's fucking perfect. I feel like we're going to have some people disagree with you on this. Like, I'm sorry. Like you may think he's boring, but like he's fucking eliciting a response out of you. It's visceral. <laughs> Like, I'm not telling you he deserves a main event fucking run with the title, but motherfucker, like, after a while, you have to stand in awe. Hey, I said the same thing about um, Eva Marie. <laughs> I'm still on the team Eva Marie. I think they need to bring her back. She was doing good work, and people were pissed. <laughs> um... How do you feel about Lesnar cashing in at the end of the night and walking out with the title? Do you just not give a shit at this point? I didn't care. I don't care. Like, I don't want to watch Seth versus uh, Lesnar again. Um, but I, but d does is part of the reason you don't care or you don't mind because of how you feel about Seth the last few weeks? He, I mean, uh, for sure. 
for sure, but it is also how I've felt about Lesnar the last several years. <laughs> and I hate that they play a game like he's gone, he's back, he's gone, he's back. Honestly, I think it would have been fun if he had an unsuccessful cash-in. Somebody had brought up... Becky should have chair-shot him in the head. I I was wondering if that was going to fucking happen. Like, if, if she would have got him in the disarmor or something, or fucking attacked him from behind, and he got disqualified, and then F5'd her. Um, you were you took that further than I would. <laughs> no, that's probably what I would have fucking written. If I'd been on the writing team, I'd be like, fuck, she just took a fucking end of days what's wrong with an f5 think about how hard the crowd shit think about how hard the crowd would have popped though if she took out lesnar they would have gone ape shit they would have gone nuts and it would have made once again the most interesting thing about seth rollins would be that he has a really cool girlfriend (laughs) but he does he does but that doesn't make me want to hang out with him i want to hang out with his girlfriend um so I guess whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to end up happening with the universal title. Don't care. That's not necessarily a good thing to say about raw. I do think it's weird that like, I guess the next night they had a 10 man battle Royal and Seth is getting another shot. Like they could have just had him invoke his rematch clause, but they had to make him earn another rematch. I thought they uh, re- they did away with the rematch clause in WWE. They did, but they basically didn't. <laughs> if they're just like not doing anything new. Yeah. It's fake. <laughs> like, so they basically said, you don't get a rematch, but we booked you for a rematch. We're this far into the show and we haven't even mentioned the G1. I want to go over a couple things real quick, if that's No, cool. go into it for sure. How weird is it that Ibushi and Naito both currently have zero points? Considering how popular both of them are? Yeah. I mean, honestly, wouldn't those have been two people you would have been pick- you would have picked to be potential winners at the end? And not that they still couldn't. I think it's just right. surprising that uh, at this point, Naito lost to Tai Chi and Toro Yano. Yeah, that's weird. Toro Yano beat him in three minutes and 42 seconds with a roll up after some shenanigans where he pulled his shirt over his face. Uh, what else? Moxley uh, has won two now. He beat Cobb and he beat Tai Chi. I heard that he beat Cobb like like he did like a like a off the top rope or off the ropes with the Death Rider. Yeah, Moxley. How'd that look? I mean, it looked good. I I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about Moxley because so far in New Japan we're seeing him have these like his first match. Both of these matches were under ten minutes. And the matches I've enjoyed so far have been more New Japan long matches. And I'm just ready to see Moxley have one of those. You know, see him have a long match with a Naito. With somebody that I'm going to be excited to, you know, see him be in the ring with a long time. And see if he can hang like that. You're ready to see him have an epic. I want to see an epic New Japan match. Do you think he can have one? Exactly. I have no idea. (laughs) Because I've I've heard you, I've heard some other people say that like they've never been more excited for Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley more than they are right now, and yet you're still technically waiting for that reason, right? I think I enjoyed what he's done with AEW, and I have enjoyed. I haven't not enjoyed what I've seen him do in New Japan so far, but I'm ready to see that match that is going to push him to the next level in New Japan. What if that match happens at All Out? With Kenny Omega. 
I'd love that. I mean, I would be fine. <laughs> you know, if he didn't, well, I would like to think he has that match before All Out in the G1. I think maybe not. Uh, you're you're right. It could never happen. Because if I if it was me, I would totally save that for my match with Kenny. Kenny. That's true. I guess it depends what they're doing with him over there. I I still just hope to God that they can get a working relationship with New Japan. Just picture if, you know, maybe for a month, like you get a Naito on AEW. Just have him have a, a short run with somebody there just once in a while. Send your guys. I, there's too many good people over there to not want to trade once in a while. That may change after they start getting regular TV time on TNT. They may be able to work out something where it's mutually beneficial to trade talent. Yeah. Because I'm sure New Japan would like to have some of their stars featured over here on primetime television on fucking Wednesday. Yeah. It would be great for everybody. You know who put on a great fucking match? Ishii and Cobb. Those two beat the fuck out of each other. I mean, within the first seven minutes, Cobb's chest was purple from Ishii Chops. These two, I mean, this is just two large men just manhandling each other. It was, that's exactly what I want to see. It was like 18 minutes long. Got a good long match out of that. What else did I watch? I watched uh, Okada versus Saber, which I think I posted a picture. He gave him the banana split and looked insane while doing, never want that. Uh, Probably. That's, that's some typical S or ZSJ shit right there. Oh yeah. And actually, Saber has lost both so far. He's lost to Okada and Sonata. Uh, Osprey versus Sonata was awesome. And word is that Osprey is injured, but he says he's still going to compete. Which tonight at five thirty in the morning, actually, this podcast <laughs> should be out before this actual uh, match airs. Abushi versus Osprey. And Osprey oh, says shit. he'll. They're gonna fucking kill each other. <laughs> they may be, they may be fucking unleashing hell on each other. And especially if he's injured, maybe maybe he's holding out for this match. Do you think that Osprey could be the next top guy over there? Yes. The crowd really loves him. Do you think he could be that Kenny Omega replacement they've been looking for? Yes. One hundred percent. I just I wonder Look, how they could get him there. There are certain wrestlers, and there's not many, but there's certain ones that like they fall into that category of, like like you took your sister to the G1 climax in Dallas, and I'm sure Will Osprey is one of those guys that if you were going to be like you're you're a casual viewer, let me show you somebody that I know will hold your attention because what they do is going to blow your mind. I think Ricochet falls into that category. I think Will Osprey does fall into that category, and I don't know. I, I'm high on Will Ospreay. I think he's going to be the shit. Yeah, I'm definitely staying off of Twitter all day tomorrow so that I don't see how that match ended because that's one I just want to see. I'll spoil it for you. Oh, thank you. What else do we have tomorrow? Uh, at this one, we have Evil versus Sonata, which will be fun. Uh, Kenta versus Lance Archer, which Kenta is Kenta and Lance Archer are both undefeated right now. Uh, Tanahashi, Saber Jr., Okada, Bad Luck, Fale. Let me see. What do we have in the next couple days to look forward to? Uh, tomorrow, Ishi Moxley. <laughs> oh God! See, there's what I want, but I'm afraid it's just going to be another eight minutes or so. I guess we'll find out. 
And then in another couple days, we get Okada Osprey. You got a lot of fun shit on the way, Garrett. Yeah. Plus, this weekend, doing GCW, taking my wife to sit front row, going to that uh, Wombat show, which is kind of weird Southern wrestlers versus some of the GCW roster. Do you remember the very first SUP show I went to? I talked about a man named Uncle Biff stealing my beer. Yep. This Saturday night in Tullahoma, Tennessee, I will be watching Uncle Biff face Nick Gage in a barbed wire match. Can it just be said that you are a giant Nick Gage fan? Love Nick Gage. If I had to make a top 10 wrestlers list right now, it would be hard for me not to put Nick Gage on it. <laughs> That's so wild from where we were like a year and a half ago. I, he, I don't know how often you can see a character that just feels so authentically terrifying. <laughs> Because he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. But yeah, that'll be fun. Um, Also, uh, before we get out of here, I want to mention this. So last week I talked about leaving that Carly Rae Jepsen show and, you know, I talked wrestling at it. Uh, My Uber driver that I mentioned that I talked pro wrestling to sent us an email. Read that email because it warmed the cockles of my heart. Mike, I'm not going to read your last name because I don't know if you want it said. But I appreciate this. This both made this made Derek and I both pop. I really appreciate you listening. Uh, but he said, "Hey guys, hey, I'm Mike Garrett's Uber driver. Honest to my word, I subscribed to the show. Really enjoyed it because I'm a mark for myself, and I popped w- when I was mentioned on the show. But I liked the serious talk about how intergender wrestling makes you feel. We need more shows that are about how much people love pro wrestling and not just some marks bitching about how they could do it better than Vince McMahon." You guys have a new fan because I don't have any wrestle friends in Nashville. Having a show that'll be talking a little about what's happening in my territory is a nice change. Feel the best, Mike. That makes me happy. Mike, you you made both of us very happy. Uh, I actually move in when I moved here. I didn't have any wrestling friends in Nashville, and all my wrestle friends that I've met, I met through going to shows. Whether it was uh, Arrow Lucha, I met people at. Southern Underground Pro. Mike, you'll have to come hang out with us at Southern Underground Pro sometime. Meet the meet the group of wrestle friends I've made since moving here. See Nick Gage and Uncle Biff. Yeah, or just meet us in Tullahoma and see some crazy shit. <laughs> Tell Garrett to hook you up with a sticker and a button, too. Did you just wink at him and give a gun click? I, I did, actually. Well, I don't make it. that click yeah. sound. Do boing. Boing. Derek, we got anything else? Should we no, have anything to plug? I, I do have one thing. I just wanted to say I appreciate the commentary at Fight for the Fallen for taking a moment to point out that Joey Janela warmed up for that six-man tag match by getting into a fight with Enzo at the Blink-182 concert. <laughs> I thought that was amazing that they worked that into the fucking broadcast. Hats off. Awesome. Was, That's all I got this week. It was very nice hearing Jericho say Joey Janela as well. <laughs> Garrett, take us out of here. You're the uh, you're the guy to do that. Hey, give us a follow on social media. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter and Facebook. We're at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. Hey, what should we watch? What what should we do for our next watch along? I need you to tell me. Send that at to a Predetermined Podcast at Gmail dot com. Let us know what we should do. Honestly, I'd like to do a watch along here, maybe even this weekend. I'm excited about it. I, I want to watch wrestling with you. Me too. Let's get one in. Let's hear from our listeners and uh, we'll put it up to a vote. 
Well, I think that's all we have for you this week. We'll be back next week watching wrestling and uh, talking about it. All right. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs>